welcome back to Lonely Town, a Killers podcast with uh, Jimmy and Derek, uh, where we talk about the killers and growing up in small towns, especially around Utah. Uh, today, we have a, uh, a Lord of Morning Radio, a very special guest. We're, we're happy to have him, uh, Carrie Jackson. Carrie is uh, around Utah. Uh, he's been on a radio show called Radio from Hell, a morning show that's been around for 30 plus years. Uh He's a host of, and I think created the uh, Geek Show podcast. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And he's been uh, just a fixture in the alternative radio world for for my whole lifetime. So, Carrie, thank you for coming wow. in. We appreciate it's, having you. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry it took us so long to get this together. Uh, you know, I know we've been trying for a couple months to find a time, but you know, you get up at three in the morning uh, and. You're at work at five and my schedule <laughs> is just absolutely uh, all over the place. So I thank you for being patient with me and and, pick, and you know doing this on a time that I can do it. Uh, so thank you very much, you guys. We appreciate you taking the time with us. We, uh, we understand you've just, uh, I guess last month you recorded your 8,000th episode of Radio From Hell. Is that correct? It was a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, 8,000th episode because... Uh, X96 is 30 years old this year, uh, but Bill and I were doing uh, the morning show together before that at uh, KJQ for many years. And then, uh, and that was in its alternative phase. Before that, we did two or three years, top 40, doing mornings together. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I've been with Bill longer than two of my marriages now, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, you kind of get the reputation as um, kind of the honorary one or the mean one. I've had a few interactions with you over the years. You've been always the nicest one to me of the, of the, of the group there. And whoever says that, you know, I hear this all the time and I'm like, how, I'm standing next to Bill. How do you say I'm the mean one? I, you know, I don't understand how that happens. I don't know either, but I, I think if anything, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's just, it's not true. So uh, again, everybody, thanks for coming no, in. everybody in the building is terrified of me and it's, it's not that I mean it's, it's that because I don't really have much to say because I said it all, you know, in, in that room where the microphone is, I said it all. Uh, I've never made friends in radio to the detriment of my career because, you know, you got to know somebody to, to work your way up. I never made friends in radio because I discovered that if I did make friends in radio, that they would probably be gone in a few months anyway. And so why should I, <laughs> why should I make friends in radio? Plus the business is inherently evil. So why would I want to hang out with these people? Uh, podcasting is a lot more fun. All valid points. Um, <laughs> let's start out. Uh, I guess you were, you're from Salem. Is that, yes. is that correct? That's... I, uh, I was born in Salt Lake city and, uh, placed, uh, in an adoption agency. Uh, my parents, I didn't know at the time, but I found out later were Catholic. And so they uh, said to the adoption agency, we'd like it if you went to a Catholic home and the adoption agencies looked at them and said, are you aware of your surroundings? You're in Utah. The odds are <laughs> the odds are next to nothing. Uh, we can't make any guarantees. And uh, luckily, this uh, 
a farmer and his wife who, you know, had trouble uh, conceiving on their own, uh, saw me in a catalog and, uh, <laughs> and picked me up. My, my dad always joked when he was referencing time, he'd say, oh, it's about the time that we picked you up from the baby store. I always thought he was kidding. No, he, he was serious. <laughs> there was a baby store. <laughs> So, so you grow up in, in Salem and you get into radio in Spanish Fork, as I understand. Yes, that was uh, that that station uh, is still there. Fourteen eighty a.m. It's it was uh, K O N I when I was growing up. It was uh, Connie Country Radio, and uh, then uh, uh, a mysterious group from California bought it, and because uh, I I went to school with the guy who owned the the, the radio station, his kid. Because his kid, they were Baptists, and none of the other Mormon kids were allowed to play with it. <laughs> uh, you know, their parents is like, no, no, no. But my mom saw a kindred spirit in Rhett because we both like the same things. We like Star Trek. We like Groucho Marx. We liked all that stuff. And so she was just happy that I had a friend that, you know, <laughs> so she was like, yes, go play with Rhett. So that's how I met them. But then they sold the radio station to a mysterious group out in California, which we didn't know who they were at the time. They found out later it was uh, the Hare Krishna Church. <laughs> that, that station was not all, you guys know it as a Hare Krishna station. It was not always that. It was mm -hmm. it was a country station. And then for about three years, we tried real hard to make it a top 40 station. And that was my first radio gig. Did you fall into that or did you intend to, did you decide you wanted to do radio and that's how you started there? I, I had two things that I wanted to do because I wasn't good at much of anything else. So I, I, I said, well, you know, if you, if you don't leave the house, you know, you're being groomed to take over the farm. And I didn't want that. And so I said to myself, I want to either be Smokey and the band. It was very popular at the time. I want to be either a long haul trucker because that looks pretty good. You sit and you talk to the CB and, you know, you you drive all day. I could do that, you know, or, you know, I I, I should be on the radio. I think because I loved listening to it was a 1320 AM KCPX at the time. And uh, that was that was just like the biggest station in the state at the time. It was an AM station. It was huge. And uh, they had all the great DJs. They played all the great music. And there was a guy from seven to midnight who uh, skinny Johnny Mitchell was his name. And I listened religiously to his show. Uh, he did a thing at 10 o'clock called Battle of the Records. And that was when I was supposed to be asleep uh, to get ready for school. So I, I got a little ear, just one, one little earpiece thing for my little AM transistor radio. And I'd listen to Battle of the Records every night. And that was, I finally got a look at Skinny Johnny Mitchell. I saw what he looked like. And I thought to myself, that is one ugly, I don't know, do we swear on this podcast? <laughs> uh, we'll try to keep it a little minimum where you okay. friendly. All right. Okay. I said, that is an ugly dude. Now, if he can do this and meet girls, which I know he is, I can do this and meet girls. That was the goal to get on the radio was to meet girls because none of the girls growing up around me wanted anything to do with me. And it seemed to have uh, worked. I mean, you've made a great career out of it. You've, you've I'm assuming I, you're, you're married, I met, happy, all that. I, I met a few girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that year I worked at 94.9. Uh, 
Oh, this is a family show, so I'll keep it. Uh, keep it to myself. That'll be another show we'll do. <laughs> I mean, the, the after hours, the the yes. killers after dark. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've covered a lot of like Nephi and and Basin and that kind of area stuff, uh, brought up stuff, but we haven't ever talked about the Krishna Temple there. Um, it's a beautiful it, building, isn't it? It really is, and uh, that station is still in front of it. Then is that is that where it's at? It is. That is the, the that little shack right out in front of it on the uh, the, the road between uh, Salem and Spanish Fork, that uh, the old highway they call it. Uh, that's that's where the studios are, and that was uh, my first radio gig, and uh, it, it was just a it was just a cow pasture up on that hill behind it, and of course you still had the junkyard next to it, uh, which is I believe still there. Uh, I shouldn't call it junkyard; it's it's auto parts salvage. That sounds better. Um, but yeah, I remember I, uh, I told mom and dad that I wanted to be in radio and we were poor, dirt poor, but dad managed to scrounge up enough money to send me to what was uh, then called the, uh, Intermountain School of Broadcast in Salt Lake City. Uh, cause he, uh, he said, I, I know you want to do this, but, uh, I'd also like you to learn a trade. So when this fails, it, you know, something to fall back on. And uh, I'm a good welder. I can still weld. <laughs> but uh, I started at the school, and it was going to be a 10-month curriculum. And I started, and two months into it, I just was I was driving home because I was staying at an aunt's house, you know, during the week, and then coming home on weekends. And I, I drove past the station, and I thought, I think I see a light on. I think I see somebody in there. So I just walked in there like you do and say and there was this uh this uh, uh chubby hairy guy with a beard and curly hair and uh, he he was there by himself and he didn't know i was there standing in the doorway but i watched him for about 10 minutes and he was not only doing a live shift which you know no automation back in those days you you know automation if there was any was minimal but this was this was a small town radio station they're not affording that kind of thing so it's like he was playing records and making announcements but then also working on files and all this stuff and i mean he was just all over the place and i hesitated for a moment because i thought he's too busy he's too busy to talk but then i walked in and uh he sees me and uh no and uh i said hi carrie i i'll just say it bluntly i want to be on the radio and he said, good, you're hired. I'm Steve Hope. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it was, it was quick, but it was not that quick. He, he, I had my resume and he looked at it. He says, okay, so you're going to school. You really want to do this. All right. I need somebody to run the God shows on Sunday morning. And uh, I said, I'm your guy. Terrific. I can do it. And that station is still what's called an, a, a day timer. Because it's AM radio, okay, I'm going to go in the weeds here. Uh, the signals that are broadcast AM radio go up and bounce up off the sky and then on the ground and then up in the sky and then down on the ground. They're bouncing off of not the ozone layer, but uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called up there. It's like that. but And that's why AM stations sometimes at night, because that layer up, up in the sky gets thicker at night, you can hear sometimes stations from Chicago, 
in Los Angeles here. And that's called DXing, but that's another thing. But this was an AM day timer, which means that that signal, 1480, is shared with somebody close enough to it that we had to shut down at sundown and sign on at sunup. And that changed throughout the year with, with the different daylight savings times and the sunups and the sundowns. So I would have to get there at sunup, turn on the transmitter, and start the broadcast day, playing God shows all Sunday morning. And uh, that was absolutely the most religion that I've ever gotten in my life, concentrated into a six-hour period. Uh, now, now, mind you, grew up in the LDS church, and uh, it was, let's see, I was 19, 18 at that time. So it was about four or five years earlier, I I didn't say to my parents, I'm no longer interesting, interested, but I think they figured it out. Uh, and I told them, you know, eventually, and that was another conversation, but they knew I wasn't into going to Mormon church anymore. And so, like I said, I suddenly get this concentration of different religions and different viewpoints. And, uh, you know, so we'd run everything from music and the spoken word from, uh, from the LES church to uh, a cool little show from the Southern Baptist Convention called uh, On Track. And uh, the host was this uh, smooth radio guy, and he was Brother John Rivers. And uh, the show would come on a record, and so you put it on the record and start it, and then you could leave. But, <laughs> but okay. he, would, uh, he would come on every Sunday morning, it's your Brother John Rivers. I got a message for you about Jesus, but first, here's a song from Chicago. And he, <laughs> he would play... You know, you know, whether it, maybe it was, uh, you know, like a rock by Bob Seger. I don't know. I'm just throwing titles out. But then he'd find a way to incorporate a lyric in the song into a teaching about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was fascinating. Uh, but uh, so I, I, I did this, the God shows for about six to eight months. And uh, then I moved up. But in that six to eight months, I got so many differences. It, um, it was almost too much. Uh, and so it was like, uh, you know, this guy says they're right. This one says they're right. This one says they're all right. They, they all seem so convinced. You know, two men say they're Jesus. One of them must be wrong. I, it just confused me even more as far as my religious trajectory. Instead of me getting something out of it, it actually annoyed me and pushed me away. But, uh, but again, that's another story. Yeah, I was going to go down the path and, and talk about, you know, when you first met Brandon and the Killers and that, but uh, that kind of leads me more to uh, the Pressure Machine album itself. Mm. I guess we might hop around a little bit. Um, on sure, radio, sure. On the radio, I've heard you talk about uh, that you not only purchased Pressure Machine, but that was one, yes. of, the, one of your favorite albums, of, I believe, last year. And It was, and, yes. It still is a great album. Um, I guess, what what makes it so great to you, and, and where do you weigh in with... Uh, I mean, just some of the songs there. What what stands out to you is uh... well, I mean, Brandon, you know, is one of us, and and I and I'm talking as as Utah boys here and Utah County boys specifically. But if you remove that label, he's one of us for every one of us that grew up in a small town with this weird societal, you know, stuff going on around you. 
so and and, and I, I can see where he you know and we we all see it and if you look at the lyrics of the album uh he's he's lived what we have lived you know the the the, the tough times uh, growing up and you say tough times yeah there are places that have had it worse than what we do but it's a different kind of tough times um it's uh you know uh, the uh, and and it's in that title pressure machine it's 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 the pressure to to be what it you know that's that that bubble expects of you and it still exists uh as much as i wish that it didn't it still exists uh that uh, you know you need to be a certain way you need to act a certain way um it 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 I mean, it's it, going back to, you know, my rebellion, which was, uh, I I I heard radio signals and I saw television shows and I saw that the world was different outside of this bowl that was Utah County, you know, and I wanted to go to there uh, from from day one. I I, you know, I would uh, I would I would listen to. Uh, on a good night, we'd get KRCL uh, from Salt Lake, which is the, the community radio. And they used to do specialty programming. And on Monday nights was the blues show. And I remember hearing that music for the first time. And it was just like this whole different thing. It was like, it was like a, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. So for me, it was like a different planet. I would, I would get to go to this planet and, and learn from their culture and, and then go to a different planet, to, you know. So I listened to the blues show on Monday and that was eye-opening to, you know, to, to hear the, these stories and this music. And then uh, sometime, I can't, don't ask me for dates, but uh, I discovered the punk rock show on Saturday night. And oh, that changed uh, me and my, me and my uh, friend Braden, that just really, and, and Scott and Dan really affected us. Because what is this thing? And and so we were listening to these bands like Black Flag and and, and all of these and, and that's music. That's what it's it's frightening but exciting at the same time. You know? And they would run commercials for you know this show is brought to you by the Cosmic Aeroplane and we're like oh, Cosmic Aeroplane and it, what is that? And it was this record store up in Salt Lake that had all of this different kind of music. We got blues, we've got psychedelia, we've got all of this different stuff. And downstairs is our punk rock section. And uh, we went, oh, we gotta go. <laughs> so uh, Braden and I were on the stage crew and that was easy to get out of school at that point. You just say, oh, I gotta go hang out, spotlight teacher and go, <laughs> whatever, I don't care. So we get in Braden's pickup truck and we drive up to Cosmic Airplane and spend hours just going through the records and looking at the the, the punk rock shirts and pins and, and all that stuff. And we're like, we're, we're privy to this thing that is, uh, is so different and frightening and exciting at the same time. And I remember we bought some, some punk rock shirts. Uh, I, it, there was, uh, uh, well, they were, it's hardly considered punk rock anymore. A band called the Vapors. And the, it was a, a radioactive weatherman on the shirt that said nuclear days. And we bought the record and we loved it. So we had that shirt. I had a black flag shirt. And uh, I think Scott had an Adam and the Ants shirt. And we we decided we'll all wear them on the same day. Why not? 
oh, we got called into the vice principal's office just like that. And it was a little concerned, boys, a little concerned. Because, you know, I saw this 60 Minutes. And these punk rockers, they spit on people. <laughs> we're like, uh, we're not going to spit on anybody. <laughs> Mr. Nelson, we're not going to spit on anybody. Uh, he says, well, I... I know what that lifestyle is about, and it's nothing but trouble. And I don't want that here. I don't want this here in my school. Well, of course, you know, we just naturally, because punk rock is a state of rebellion, you rebel, you know. Uh, and like I said, this was this was 1980 and Spanish Fork High School. And we were, I think, honest to God, the only ones aware of this type of music. And... Uh, so that just led, you know, I wish I could say the rest of the guys stayed on that path, but that led me down this whole, you know, question authority and find out for yourself and, you know, look into, you know, if somebody tells you something, check into it before, you know, look, look into it. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of where my mindset kind of stayed is this uh you know fighting for the underdog nazi punks f off uh you know my liberal mindset was formed between that music that uh, culture because that introduced me to the rocky horror picture show and all of this other wonderful stuff you know and uh the comedy the alt comedy scene that was just starting to come on at that time and, uh, you know, the, 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 the books and, and, you know, I discovered Hunter Thompson, which was life changing for me. And so I began to explore this different culture that was not in this bowl. And that's that became my thing. I, it, it wasn't that I was ashamed of, you know, the, the life in the in the bowl. It's just that. For lack of a better term, been there, done that I wanted to be something, do something more. I, I wanted to see these different planets. I wanted to go to these different worlds and explore, you know. Uh, you know, I, I remember my first time in a foreign country, we we're in Paris and I'm standing on a boat in the River Seine and I float by the Eiffel Tower and I'm like, you know, Ensign Jackson of the Enterprise is like, wow. Look at this planet. How about this planet, huh? And they speak a different language and they have different thoughts on things. And, you know, so that's always been, like I said, Star Trek is my moral compass more so than any religion almost, Star Trek and Marvel Comics, because I, I, with that vein of Star Trek, I want to I want to go to these different new planets, these new worlds, and, and, and talk to these people and learn from them and get their, you know... Uh, everything from recipes to philosophy and art. I, you know, I just, I wanted to, you know, cause that's what Star Trek taught me. So I need to explore. And so that's what I decided at that age in high school. That's what I want to do. And um, I stayed on that path and still on that path. Um, and a lot of my contemporaries just did not. <laughs> there's did a not lyric stay. in, there's a lyric on the album that says, uh, I know folks who've never seen the ocean, you know, or step one, set one foot on the velvet bed of sand. And, you know, you go, you get a, a taste of that. Uh, what's outside yes. the bubble. Yeah. 
Exactly. That is exactly what I'm talking about. And again, Brandon puts it just, he's so, he makes it look so easy. He just, you know, <laughs> there you go. There's a line for you here. Take that. All those things you said for six minutes, here's one line that will do it. You know, uh, yeah, that's, so that's why, that's why he's brilliant. Yeah. With, uh, with pressure machine, um, people came and visited our planet and, uh, so yes. say, and, and, and uh, I don't think a lot of people thought this was a destination um, that they'd want to come to, uh, but we've got uh, a lot of mixed messages throughout, you know, internet and everything as, as you would, but mm -hmm. a lot of people um, can relate to it for some reason. Uh, for me listening to it, it was clearly all Utah. This is my life growing up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to be received anywhere else, um, but from what we've seen, people uh, can relate to it. Um, oh, yeah. Have you had interactions with people outside of, of the market or anything like that that have shared opinions about this or even Salt Lake to Utah County is so different? We uh, we get email and phone calls uh, all the time. And, and when the uh, when the album came out, um, uh, Brandon uh, came and sat in the studio with us for an hour. And we just went through and we played tracks and talked about the tracks and everything. And this was. Uh, uh, you know, we had tracks to it before the album was put together. And um, then he uh, he came in and he said, uh, he said, yeah, did, have you heard the whole album yet? Because they've added this audio in between the tracks of the people talking about growing up in in Nephi. And uh, he says, I'm concerned that that's going to kind of mm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And so I immediately went and downloaded it and then went, we went through it and uh, you know, so he was hearing it and I said, no, 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 this works, buddy. This works. This, this makes it, this makes it a concept album. This is telling a story and you've got to, it, it works its way up to that great finisher. And it's just, it's brilliant. Whoever, whoever's idea this was, they win. They should get, send them a fruit basket because that was, that was brilliant. I think that really, cause I had the album without that stuff. And then, I got the actual album with 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 the dialogue, and I just it just sets it, it just makes it, it takes it from from you know this level to a higher level to you know to a, a true piece of art that should stay in your collection and be handed down to your kids. You know, I I sound like hyperbole, but it's it really is the truth. Uh, it, uh, he's a genius and it's just such a brilliant and personal album and he he gets it and it also works on multiple levels like you were saying people outside the market we get i'm getting to my point sorry <laughs> we get emails and phone calls from people who not only grew up in like small towns in the midwest but they grew up in large towns and they said but but you know psychologically i felt that way even though i was in a big place there and there were a lot of people around me. There were very few people who I could relate to, you know, and so that's how I felt. Like I was in a in in that psychologically in a small town because there was just a small group of people around me who who felt the same way I did, who thought the same way I did, and and so it works whether you're in a big town, small town, uh, because the the world that he's talking about could be Nephi or it could be the space between your ears. It could be psychologically what you're feeling at a moment in time, you know, not maybe not all the time, but even just for 10 minutes one day, you're feeling like you're in that 
small town isolated and pressured to be something that you're not. It, it works on so many levels. It's, I wish that more people heard this album, really. I mean, I tried singing its praises for, <laughs> for weeks, uh, not just to help, help them sell a, an album or two, but, <laughs> but uh, because I think it's just that damn good. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, it was, it was an honor to have him in studio for that hour, hour and a half and just talking to him about it. And, and uh, you know, how personal it was for, you know, for him, of course, but how it affected me, uh, which was, it was just a, a real honor to be able to share that with him. So I went, I re-listened to that, um, that episode last night. And one of the things you mentioned to him was that the song, The Getting By, mm. sounded like it was written about your dad. It's my dad. That whole damn song. That whole situation is my dad because uh, he, you know, we had the house in, in Salem and the farmland in Salem. He was from, you know, Payson and Southern Utah. He was born down in Southern Utah, but he mostly Payson. He graduated from Payson High School uh, and uh, my mother from Spanish Fork High School. And um, it was just uh, that whole lyric is is my childhood growing up, that whole song, because my father, he 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 wanted us to grow up in this town that he, you know, I mean, yeah, he had the farmland and everything, but he felt safe there uh, because it was at the time uh, pretty idyllic. I mean, we had our house was right on the, you know, the pond there. <laughs> Generously, sometimes they call it a lake. I I grew up there. It's a pond. Uh, we had, you know, the pond front property. Everybody knew everybody, except they never knew my name. They would refer to me as Jack's boy because I had an older brother who was a football star and blah, blah, blah. Uh, which is why my production company is called Jack's Boy Productions. <laughs> you don't need to know my name. It's just Jack's boy. Uh but it was, I, I often referred to it as Mayberry on acid uh, just because it was a little weird. <laughs> I mean, we had a group of characters in that town, but he wanted us to grow up there because he felt safe there and he felt that we would be safe there. And we were, but he would get up every morning as I do now at three. <laughs> That's something that the two of us have in common. We both got up at three in the morning to do our jobs and he would get in the van and he would go, Payson and Nephi and the surrounding areas and pick up people who also worked at Tooele Army Depot. And they drove, they commuted to Tooele in this van, this carpool, every day to Tooele Army Depot from where we lived. And I said to him, I said, why don't we just move to Tooele? And he goes, you don't want to live in Tooele. You know? <laughs> he said, ah, you, you know, I grew up there. This is, this is much better than Tooele. And I went, okay. Uh, but uh, he would make that drive every morning. And so that's that's all in that lyric about, you know, sneaking around like a mouse, not wanting to wake people up uh, in that song. Uh, it's just that, that again, it's, that's me growing up. Can't listen to the song. Can't listen to it. Listen to it once. Can't listen to it again because I like a like waterfall. Just cry like a baby. Can't. It's an album. My favorite artists all make me depressed. How about that? <laughs> this album and you know pink floyd and and you know, my favorite music i can't listen to on the regular because it, it makes me too introspective i won't say sad because that's a negative it makes me too introspective 
Well, I, I can relate. I was Dennis's boy growing up. So uh, my, yeah. dad worked, my dad worked at the, the farm store, the IFA in Nephi, still down there. And I'm just Dennis's boy. And that's how it is. And uh, <laughs> um, the interstitials, though, brought up an interesting point to me on, on the show. You do Utah Word of the Day. And it's a segment that's gone on for forever. forever. Um, I'm one of the guys that enjoys it. Uh, it sounds like maybe there's not a whole lot of us out there, but I can relate to the words and, and it gives me a, a kick. Uh, recently, you've introduced the mayor of Mona. Uh, <laughs> and you got Don and Denver Criddle. Uh, yeah, mayor, had, mayor Don Criddle and his boy Denver. We've had uh, the mayor of Nephi. Uh, comes, he's, he listens to our show. He's, he's been on the show. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that him and, and uh, Don can, you know, work something well, out here because it sounds like there might be a border war going on here. Well, see, that's the thing is when, when I when I was recently driving down and we did Mayor Mayor of Mona a long time ago, uh, and then we brought him back. We we unearthed him from from a long time ago uh, because that impression is me trying to do Larry Hagman from Dallas. That's how old I'll tell you that sketch is. Anyway, <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it, but it started there anyway. Because I was driving down, and I went past Mona and Nephi, and I thought to myself, you know, Don, no, not Don, Denver would be jealous of Nephi, because they've got all the cool stuff. <laughs> they've got a subway, they've got the, you know, the Tesla charging stations, they've got, uh, you know, that, that, that restaurant that, you know, the main ingredient is salt. Um, they, you know, compared to Mona, which is just small, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a border war between these two? That means they'd have to invent another character for the mayor of Nephi. But now that I know you know him. <laughs> we, we might be able to work something out. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe we'll reverse it. Maybe it'll be the mayor of Santa Quinn. You know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but with the interstitials, uh, you get that, that Utah accent and you get yes. that you get that dialect that you guys have been uh, having fun with for, for some time here. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people have asked us uh, is, do people really sound and talk like that? And the answer is yes. Those are real people that went down the street and, and interviewed those people. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's dissipated throughout the years. Uh, it has, yeah. But growing up in Salem and, and, and being from Nephi, uh, especially now, some of the, the older generation, um, that's that's what you hear. That's that's uh, that's how people talk. I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's not really a question here, I guess. I guess I have a statement for you is that. Uh, well, I, I began to notice it when I was a kid because, again, part of my 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 liberal brainwashing, um, <laughs> I would watch in the afternoon when I get home because I didn't have any friends. The TV was my friend. Uh, there was there was uh, of course you know uh, Batman, Adam West. There was Star Trek reruns and, and all that. But 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 before that, you get uh, Phil Donahue, you know, uh, who you know is still you know <laughs> a leading liberal voice. And he's the one who indoctrinated me. Maybe even before that, it was Mr. Rogers, now that I think about it. Here's, this is true. I, I overheard my mom and dad. Dad was yelling at her because you let that boy watch too much TV. Well, he doesn't have any friends. So it just, it just keeps him where I know where he is. And he's not, you know, out getting beat up or anything. Well, and, you sh and Elma, you shouldn't let him watch Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is going to turn him gay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> uh, but I would hear on these on these TV shows like Liz Phil Donahue. That's where I'm going with this. 
is this proper way of speaking and the proper way of saying words. And I began to notice my sister would say milk instead of milk. And that's when I became fascinated with uh, words and language. And uh, because, I mean, I was reading comic books at that time. And there were a lot of words in there that I would have to look up, you know, because Stan Lee, Mr. Verbosity, uh, I would I would have to look up words a lot of times. And I began to notice that there was a proper way to pronounce them. And, you know, you'd hear Phil Donahue, you'd hear, you know, the people on the news and even the radio station were not saying milk or penny instead of penny, you know, <laughs> and I began to notice it all around me. And it just kind of stayed with me. Until I met Bill, who, you know, has, you know, uh, you know, went to schools in Pennsylvania, lived in New York City. And so he's been surrounded by all these different people. And uh, we both noticed it one day in the office and we said, oh, we should. There's a whole library of these words because I remember keeping them in my head and writing them down. And we just began to write them down. And now at work, I've got a file that's about three inches of paper that are just different, not just words, but, you know, phrases and euphemisms and, and all the stuff that we've picked up over the years that we don't do as much now as we used to. Um, the focus is on the characters as opposed to the words. We just use the words as an excuse to be this dumb kid and his, you know, his dad who thinks he's smart, but is not. <laughs> well, he's the mayor of Mona, so he's got something going for him. Well, he's been mayor of Mona for about 30 years now. He's <laughs> so over the years, you've also, I've heard you interview or talk about the Times News a lot as well. And oh, uh, yes. Talk with the Gibsons and you've had uh, our good friends, there. Gibsons. Oh, we love the Gibsons. I, we love Marianne and, and her kids and, and uh, her kids still listen to this day. I, that's just so terrific. And they were in charge of the Times News, and they would send us the Times News in the mail when we were when we were stationed up in Ogden, and we would read the the, the town happenings, you know, which which was a combination police blotter and you know town gossip and kind of stuff. And it was always just so hilarious because it was like you know mysterious man spotted near the cemetery, you know, if you have any you know <laughs> any information. <laughs> Any tips? Yeah. Oh, we loved it, and uh, there was—I uh, I think that it was—it was Marianne Gibson, her husband, one of their kids, and they had another writer. Uh, and we always mispronounced her name, and she got very mad at us because it was spelt trout trout vein. <laughs> so that's how we were pronouncing it for years, but it's trump vine or something like that. No? Yeah. So, Myrna trump vine. Yep. I'm sorry, Myrna. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so when brandon came in uh to interview with you guys what I, it sounded like it was the first time you had met him what what impression well, did you get from him you've met you've met rock stars you met celebrities over the years how how was it meeting him it was it was the first time that i was able to sit down and talk with him i had met him before uh because they you know had been on a few of our big ass shows uh, but when you're working a show, it's 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 tough to get a moment, you know, with with an artist because they're they're backstage setting up or rehearsing or they have this whole ritual they go through or whatever it is. And I'm running back and forth, you know, making sure that the announcements happen on time, uh, making sure the sponsors are taken care of. And, you know, uh, 
do we have enough microphones? Uh, you know, what's the deal? Talk to the stage manager, doing all that stuff. So I was, you know, my exposure to Brandon before was, hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Uh, but, you know, we would, you know, was familiar with the music because, uh, you know, we're, we still are about promoting local artists. And um, uh, as a matter of fact, we, we had one of our locals on Jimmy Kimmel the other night, uh, Backseat Lovers, hmm. a band out of Provo, which we've had in our studio a couple of times. Good kids, very talented. And uh, they were on Jimmy Kimmel the other night. So I'm just happy, you know, the that the local artists are getting exposed. And if we have a small, you know, help in that, uh, we're more than happy to, because, you know, I hear stories from, uh, from the guys from neon trees all the time about how they would listen to us. And, and, uh, and that's, that's a whole nother story, but uh, uh, yeah, I just, uh, so, so my exposure was just, Hey, nice. Thanks for playing the show. You guys appreciate it. And a little, a little bit of back and forth and listening to the music, but that was the first time I got to sit down and and talk with him because it was arranged and we weren't doing other things and and it was it was terrific and he was he was great. Uh, I don't like interviewing musicians. Uh, I, I I early in my career I looked forward to it and then I did it a couple of times, and it's just one of the worst duties because it's like. I didn't ask, you know, <laughs> your, your guy sent you here. I understand you're under pressure. You may not feel like being human this morning. I it's, we both have jobs to do. You got a thing to promote. I want to do that with you and help you promote it. And, you know, uh, so I, I don't like interviewing musicians, but then uh, he came in and sat down and it was just like, you know, you County boys were in sync, you know, I threw an idea at him that, uh, you know, because he still, he's, he stayed in the church. And uh, I said, you know, you ought to do some sort of like a Mormon dads, Mormon rock dads podcast, you know, <laughs> you could get to, you get to the guy from, I don't know how, but they found me. You could get, you know, the, the, the rest of the neon trees. So let's get them all on the same show. You know, it's tough to be a rock star and a Mormon dad at the same time. And a Mormon rock star, that's got to be tough, you know. I said, go do that, do that. And he goes, yeah, I have the time, Carrie. I have the time to sit down and do a podcast with all these people. <laughs> so uh, you brought up, yeah, there's a, a pretty good group of uh, of alternative music that came out of Utah County, Salt Lake mm -hmm. area especially. Um, what do you think it is about uh this place that that produces uh i mean it's a pretty good scene that i don't know the world knows that all these people came from here but uh, oh yeah I, I get it all the time you know because i'll be you know trying i'll be in california at a bar or something and and so what do you do and i tell them and they go alternative music oh oh have you heard of neon trees <laughs> i would say yeah their lead singer renounced his religion on my show next uh <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, there's something, it's cliche to say there's something in the water, but what I think Utah County has gone through since my days, you know, when there were just uh, a handful of us young alien types who were discovering this, these other planets, you know, um, because the nature of media and because it's natural when uh, 
a societal norm pushes too hard, it's natural that that rebellion is the first thing. And I'm I'm seeing it in Utah County, and and it, it's 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 combination of uh, the, the the dominant religion pushing hard enough that it's you know pushing people away or you know uh so there's that um it's also uh, the media has changed a lot uh it, you know you used to just have you know 23 channels on cable and you couldn't get mtv if you were in a byu approved apartment uh true story <laughs> it went from that to what it is now when we look at that landscape down there it's it's so much different than when i grew up and, and you know societally and, and, and media and attitudinally uh i i would never see tattoos uh if i went to a you know a gas station in spanish fort to fill up and go inside to pay i would never see tattoos but, but now it's like everywhere. So societally, everything has changed. And I think that along with that change, it's people looking for something different. And it's all in that album. It's all in the pressure machine. It's, you know, because you, you don't feel like you belong or God forbid you accept that that's where, you know, you know, you've got no other choice, you know, because there's a lot of songs of desperation in here and an overdose, you know, God forbid that you just give up and succumb. Uh, it's, it's, people are starting to look more outside of the bowl. Um, I remember my, my nephews, uh, they weren't interested in anything outside the bowl for the longest time. So you could go on vacation anywhere. Where do you want to go? Uh, Disneyland. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, no. We're playing a game here. Anywhere you want to go on the planet, where would you go? Disney World. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, let me tell you about running around in the streets of Paris with locals at 3 a.m. And, and, and going from bar to bar and then finding this gangster hideout where they make the most amazing chicken. But you know, you're sitting next to a guy who will probably stab you, but, but he's, he's happy to talk. You know, he's more than happy to talk about, yeah, our taxes are high, but we like our free college and, and, and you know, socialism. We, we wouldn't give it up for the world, uh, you know. And it used to be that way. They've gotten older now and they've, they've they've started to explore more and they, they realize that there is a big old planet out there and, and let's check it out. Uh, and there are a lot of different people with different thoughts and different attitudes that you can learn from and not reject immediately. You know, you can talk to them and meet them and, and go, oh, this guy has a point. I get it. You know, I can see it from, you know, we, we get the spin here and it's directed in one direction and you go around the, to these other planets and you meet these people and they have a different take on everything. I, I remember Bill and I were in Russia, we we're in uh, uh, St. Petersburg uh, and it was just right after the wall fell down and Gorbachev was changing things and we we're staying with a family there. And um, that's where I learned to appreciate vodka on that trip. Um, <laughs> never cared for it before. Anyway, um, so we're sitting down and we're talking with the family and uh, 
and 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 Bill says, "Well, yes, I mean, you know, but but you've got this freedom now. You've got, you know, Gorbachev is changing things." And, and the father, in a loud blurt of Russian, and then his daughter translated, said essentially, "Oh, great! I can I can speak my mind now. That doesn't put food on my table. You know, that's not helping me. My pantry is empty. You know." <laughs> We, we we took you guys in because we're getting paid in American dollars and you know we're, we're you know that's why you're here no offense you know <laughs> we, but I need the money I you know uh, so I mean you look at it that way we thought oh it's so great for the Russians well not all of them <laughs> and and like I said you know hanging out with locals in Paris talking about yeah you're not, Says, oh, but your taxes are so high. And they're like, listen to what we get for our high taxes. And they started listing all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's just so important. And, and I think the guys from the band would, would agree with me on this. It's just so important to get out. And they're, of course, famous rock stars around the planet. It's so important to travel and meet people and talk to them. Explore those strange new worlds. Don't be afraid of it. There are people everywhere. They're, they all have opinions and they all want to share them. You know, <laughs> we learn nothing from podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, if somebody was to come to Salem where you grew up, we have people they are driving mm -hmm. through now and they'll, they'll divert to Nephi because of the album. Um, Payson as well. Brandon spent some time uh, growing up in Payson mm -hmm. and, and through Salem. Where are some spots that you would tell people that they should go see if they're coming here, you know, just to see uh, see what this is all about? Salem is so different from when I grew up. Uh, I would have sent you to two or three different places, but they're just not there anymore. Um, you can see my house from the old highway as you cross across the pond. There's that little pond and then the big one. You can see the house that I grew up in. It's just straight back um but as far as now, now i'll ask you because i haven't been down there in so long uh is do they still have the daily freeze in payson kind of up on top of that hill as you're heading towards sanaquin it was like this uh little malt shop burger place uh, you're you're got vacant eyes so i'm guessing it's gone I'm all right I'm trying to think of the new know. name it, it's still there but i think it has a new name a different name Okay, because I, I think it's Polar Polar Freeze Polar Express something like that. Okay, yeah, they, yeah. They, I'm sure they've been had different. No, you're right. It, well, I'm thinking of the Daily is downtown, pace, and yeah. the one I'm thinking of is up on the hill, Polar Freeze, because I used to go up there and get soft serve ice cream, and what was great about that is that they put a little plastic animal on top of the ice cream, and I collected those when I was a kid, and there were giraffes and monkeys. And occasionally you'd get an elephant, but I, I just wanted all the monkeys. They'd hand me a giraffe one and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> and my mom, God bless her, go, is there a monkey? Do you have a monkey? He wants the monkey. And the girl would, <laughs> what color a monkey you want? Orange <laughs> monkey. Okay, orange. Um, I would say go to, uh, go to one of those festivals at that Krishna temple. That's an amazing time. And uh, it's just so beautiful. And again, talk to people that you don't know that have different attitudes about things. That's, that would be, I would send you there. Um, 
on on the negative side, the most racist graffiti I've ever read is that that Chevron and Nephi. <laughs> Um, yeah, Utah County, it, it's, it's changed so much. There's just so many people down there now. And it's just, I, I, all the places that I would send you to don't exist anymore. You know, all, all the good times that I had just don't exist anymore. I I'd send you to, uh, the record bar in the university mall gone, uh, I would, I would tell you what we did in Spanish Fork when I was in high school is we would, uh, what was called rotting Maine, which was, you know, if you saw American Graffiti, it's the same thing. You just drive your car up and down Main Street, your windows down and music playing and, and uh, you know, try to, try to meet girls or, you know, whoever. Um, that was always a good time. Um, yeah, like I said, everything's gone. I'd send you to Bud's Five Point Conoco, but it's a spa dealership now. I <laughs> practically grew up at Bud's Five Point Conoco. It was a gas station uh, there in Salem, but I'd go and see Bud nearly every day uh, and ask him for STP stickers for my bike. And he would say, it's like I told you, Carrie, they only come once a month and they only give me six of them. So you got to be here when the STP guy comes. When, when, bud, when is he coming? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here every day to make sure I, I get an STP sticker. Uh, and right across from Bud's was where uh, uh, the burger bar was, Jerry's Dairy and the Burger Bar. My first job that wasn't, well, I mean, it was farm related. It was farm adjacent. My first job that wasn't specifically farm work, which was uh, a bottle washer at the dairy. Uh, which was, again, getting up early in the morning and going down and doing that. My first job, come home smelling like chlorine. That was always fun. <laughs> um, but I would just say go and meet the people. Go go to Payson. I think the We Blue Inn, that bar is still there. Still there, you know? yeah. And if you can avoid the MAGA hats, I imagine you might find somebody interesting to talk to. There was the Rexall drug right around the corner from there where uh, when I was in high school and I loved the blues so much, uh, I, I noticed that all the great blues men smoked Chesterfield Kings. Now, I didn't smoke at the time, but I thought, this is my music now. If this is the lifestyle now, here's this little white kid, you know, if this is my lifestyle now, clearly I need to smoke Chesterfield Kings. You go to the Rexall drug there and, and the guy who was selling the cigarettes, eh, he wasn't much of a policeman. He did, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. And I tried them, and they were just terrible. And 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 uh, I just I I tried smoking, so I went through a pack, and, and I could tell it just wasn't working because I was like half gone, and you know that. And I thought, well, I'm out. I better go get some more. And I went in, I said, Chesterfield Kings, and the guy said, oh, no, no, we don't carry them anymore. Nobody bought them. You were the last. You bought the last pack, so we don't carry them anymore. Well, that just said to me that there are no blues men in pace. They're just, you know. <laughs> that, that might be a new sign going up. There, there are no blues men in pace. There are no blues men in pace. Oh, John Lee Hooker. <laughs> well, Gary, we, we appreciate your time. Jimmy, do you got anything else you want to add in here? Um, the only thing I wanted to ask uh, related to the you know, you talked about the scene in the music scene in Utah 
And the killers kind of came around a different way. Brandon grew up in, in Nephi for a while, but then mm -hmm. uh, he got famous because he left and, and formed a group in, in Las Vegas. Do you remember finding out um, his Utah connections when, did you know the killers first and then find out later or did it all happen? We, uh, well, they were, yeah, they, 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 they formed and then we started playing them. But then I, I'd heard the legends about how he grew up in Nephi. And, uh, and so then I started reading about that and there wasn't a lot in, in the, in the music media at the time about, you know, the town or any of that. It wasn't until he, you know, did this album that we got a real, what I call deep dive other than it just being kind of interstitial, here are some Wikipedia facts kind of a thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've always known, ever since I've been working in alternative radio uh, here in the state, I've always, I've always known. And I'll even go back to my country uh, radio experience. We've got a lot of talented musicians around here. Very talented people who, who for the longest time, weren't noticed. And then there was, uh, you know, uh, there was a time in the 90s where the Salt Lake music scene kind of exploded. And I knew all those guys where we had uh, a band called The Obvious who lived across the street from me. It was like the monkeys. <laughs> uh, the Obvious, they were a great band. There was Clover. Uh, there was uh, Stretch Armstrong, ska band. Uh, there, were, there were a bunch of them. And they started getting some traction on the national scene. And so I've always known that we've had talent here, but it's just been in the past, what, 10 years now where your neon trees uh, and, and bands like that are starting to explode. The Aces is another one. Um, and again, now Backseat Lovers, which I'm just so excited about. I've always known we've had the talent. It was just a matter of pushing it out there into the world. And like I said, if, if, if our radio station has helped even a little bit, I'm proud of it. Uh, because we, we do have a lot of talented people here and uh, musicians and, well, not just artists as well. Uh, we've got so, so much local talent that just isn't appreciated because of this back to that media landscape going national now. It's like the opposite has happened. It used to be you'd know everybody and know everything, but then now the media the way it is, you don't know the local stuff anymore and you're not exposed to it. And it's a tragedy uh, because there's so much good local talent uh, in, in any of the arts you want to point to. I can, I can show you. Uh, and and a, lot, a lot of time it gets ignored. And, and we try to expose it as much as we can on the music side, the alternative music scene. And we, we've been successful with a few. You know, there, there are a few bands where it's like they broke through, they made it. Good, good, good. And uh, they and they represent well too. That's the other thing. Uh, everyone from, you know, of course our our favorite band here to, I mean, I, I'm not going to list them because then then it'll turn into a favoritism contest, and we don't want to do that. You just leave just somebody out, yeah, you, you exactly. You always leave somebody out. I don't want to leave anybody out. But uh, I I just you know I I sent a copy of this CD to a friend of mine who. He grew up here and he lives in San Francisco now. He's He was a chef for quite a while. Uh, and uh, I, I sent him a copy of that. He grew up out in Kearns. Um, but uh, he said, he said, yep, yep, I feel that. And this is, again, this is, he's living in San Francisco, living, doing what he's always wanted to do. But he said, yeah, I feel that album. I feel it. 
It's like, you know, Utah's Bruce Springsteen, kind of. <laughs> ah, for it's, sure. Uh, it's just, I just, I, I couldn't be more happy for him that uh, he was able to take all of those feelings and put them, put them down into a, into a, a way that we could all relate and, and say, we're, we are alike. Uh, that's, that's my favorite part of it is that, uh, you can, you can extrapolate. It's like I said, any good art, no matter where it comes from, an individual should be able to look at it and absorb, if not as a whole, some of it and, and say, yes, I, I relate to that. That speaks to me, whether it's a painting or a song or a comic book, uh, you should be able to be able to do that or Star Trek. <laughs> Well, and hopefully we get some more. Uh, that uh, new single came out, "Boys," about Nephi. Uh, yeah, this new album, we have some more, some more Nephi, just for our show to have some more uh, <laughs> things to cover, if, if nothing else. But I was, I was wondering if we were going to get into the drug scene in in, <laughs> in the town because it's pretty prominent in the album. Yeah, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, I think that was. Uh, I mean, that was everywhere. Uh, I think it has. Uh, dwindled down somewhat but i mean obviously you know it's, it's people you have nothing else to do you don't have an escape and a lot of people have got caught up in that and that's 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 my uh because i'm older than you guys my relationship with it was different um because i got out before the opioids hit so it was it was different when i was there before it was uh, you know it was it was a lot of alcohol abuse but also uh there was some heroin um, a lot of pot and uh, uh, various uh, uppers and downers that were floating around. Uh, but it, it was, yeah, I got out of Utah County right as the opioids were like, hi, we're a new thing. <laughs> we can fix anything. Uh, and we all know how that went. I, I've, I've had a lot of family members either die or get thrown in jail uh, because of the, uh, hillbilly heroin and the Vicodin and all of that stuff. Yeah, that was uh, before the album came out, we got the lyrics and we were reading through these and uh, that that part came up and I thought, oh, I don't know how this is going to be received because, I mean, everybody knows somebody that's either uh, the grade above us, Brandon's grade. Uh, we had, how many kids, Jimmy? There's several kids that, that, that passed away um, due to that. And I mean, everyone has a cousin or an aunt or whatever that's, you know, in jail or been in jail or Mm -hmm. mixed up with that so uh it was kind of interesting yeah i didn't uh you know in high school i didn't have uh, any friends who or people that i went to school with even that overdosed but the uh the drug abuse that they were doing were causing them to get into juvenile delinquency and, and that sort of thing uh the big death in my high school was a football player who was uh in the parking lot of the school and he was on the roof of a guy's pickup truck and they were just driving around and, you know, doing fishtails and all that. And he, the guy braked too hard and he fell in front of the truck and then the truck kept going and went over him. That was the big death in our high school. You know, it was a combination of, uh, you know, really tragic, but, Oh, he was a football player. So it's more important. Uh, but you know, 
Yeah, we had the, the same with that train. We were younger at the time, but I mean, that was another part of the album where these kids got hit by the train and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it did bring uh, someone to the town. I mean, it, you, you felt it. it. It changed uh, people's mindsets and attitudes and interactions. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something that I think I, I talked with him a bit about uh, the drug situation. But uh, yeah, it's it's there's not an untrue in that whole album. There's not a lie. There's there's nothing misplaced or even exaggerated. I'll go that far. It's all so factual that it should be sobering, you know. Well, and how another... he uh, he walks it with the religion, but with the truth that's coming out about the interactions, and somehow he's found that balancing act where if you go on the radio and say you know anything about the church or or drugs or interaction, yeah, they're, they're going to come out to lynch you. Or if we go oh, yeah. the street with a sign or whatever, or write the Times News, they're just going to say, you know, those guys are crazy or, or whatever. But he puts oh, it yeah. in this album and it's it's well received by both sides. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I know uh, having, to, doing what I do for so long, I mean, we had space elders, which was, you know, Mormon missionaries in space. And it was, it it was never meant to criticize or to tear down. It was, it was just kind of, you know, a fun little thing so that I could, you know, get my sci-fi kick in, you know, (laughs) Uh, but boy, you'd have thought that we were single-handedly destroying, you know, the LES church with the, with the hate mail that we got for that. But in the meantime, these these missionary kids are like, we want a compilation cassette. We want to play it for our for our friends in the MTC. And I'm like, I, these mixed messages. I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, I guess that's the fun part. There's always, uh, I mean, there's always both sides, and I don't know somewhere in the middle. I I hope we can all kind of get to. It's again. I thank you guys for uh, for having me on and. And uh, I could I could talk about Utah County all all day. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you want to? I know uh, everyone around here knows all of your all of your outlets and all your venues. But you want to plug your stuff for any of our international listeners or people uh, not? Uh, yeah, uh, listen. To, uh, it's uh, Mountain Time, uh, six to ten a.m. X ninety six dot com. You can listen that way. There's an app as well to listen. Uh, Geekshowpodcast dot com is available wherever. All fine podcasts are are out there. That's uh, me and my friends sitting and talking about Star Wars and stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the two. Uh, Twitter at r f h k e r r y, and I'm on Facebook, Carrie Jackson. Just look for me in my hat, standing in front of Salem Pond. That's the <laughs> that was when we sold the house. That was when we sold the homestead. I went down to say goodbye to it, and Sue took that picture of me standing in front of the pond uh after we sold the house after the folks passed but uh, anyway again thanks you guys really i appreciate it no we, we appreciate you and thanks for your time uh thank you very much guys this is carrie jackson reminding you to tune in next time for another another episode of lonely town <laughs> oh don't be lonely go out and meet some people say hi to some people <laughs>